I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle. And then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with my friend Rivka, and this is a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, so we have another special guest with us today, Burke. How are you today, Burke? I am doing so great and so happy to be here discussing again. Awesome. I'm going to have to stop calling you a special guest and just say you're now part of the podcast. I think you've been on enough times. Oh, so then do I get... Uh... The regular salary that everyone on the podcast gets, or you, you yeah. do, you do, <laughs> which is absolutely nothing. So <laughs> oh, that's the same as the guest uh, speaker. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Unbeknownst to you, you've been already been drawing that salary this entire time. <laughs> Good. Well, it's the same salary I've gotten for all of my church type service. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, indeed. Actually, we are paid the same way because I think Rivka and I say that we do this. Of course, we want to uplift other people, but we keep doing it because it's such a good experience for us. We feel the spirit every single time. So, yeah, I love it. Yep. Also, uh, Rivka. Rivka is here today. How are you? Are, are, <laughs> you are the real regular. You're here all the time, every time. Hello. So thanks for being here. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Awesome. Doing great. I would like a puppy update, Rivka. That's what I've been thinking about lately. Tell me about the dog. Updates. She's big. She has puppy breath. She's doing really <laughs> great. I think. Okay. I mean. She is a joy and a light to our family, and Rivka is <laughs> learning to tolerate her. <laughs> yes, accurate. I know I'm the worst person in the family to ask because it's. Uh... He's. Yeah. That's the problem. You get a you get a not with my whole heart answer from me. Well, my whole yeah. heart answer is yes. She's becoming more tolerable. And I'm more <laughs> confident. I'm more and more confident every day that I'll enjoy having a dog. And I'm equally confident that I will never enjoy having a puppy. So <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Well, Burke, you were not on the podcast the day Rivka and I discussed what percentage of um, good to bad experiences do you need with your pet to make the pet sort of worth it? And of course, that's a little heartless because some people love their pets and that ratio could be 10% good to 90% bad and they would still keep the pet because they love them. But when you're sort of considering like, do I get a dog? You know, I then have to take it out and it tears up the furniture. And I don't know, it sounds like for you, this this dog has a very high good to bad ratio going on here. Uh, yeah, because I minimize the bad. Okay. <laughs> In order to have the good. And I've wanted a dog for so long, forever, um, that uh, I'm going to make it work and I'm just going to forget the bad stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when you say minimize it, you mean you're sort of ignoring it or you're making things work so that the, the bad isn't present? I just choose not to think about the bad stuff as much. It happens and I'm annoyed in the moment sometimes, but then the eyes, her, her eyes. <laughs> 
love there. And, and, and when you get to pet her and she's just warm and belly scratches and uh, I'm wrong, but I won't. Okay. Well, Oh, now you make me want to have a dog, Burke. This is <laughs> this, plus. This has been. I come home from work, and most of the people in my house are kind of like, "Oh, hey, what day is it? You're home today?" And, and <laughs> but not Daphne. She is overjoyed to see me. Yes, and I love it. Man's best friend. Yeah. All right, you got me sold. The dog's <laughs> worth it. I need a dog. That's it. Don't tell Deanna. We'll never let her know. okay well with that we'll move on to uh, discussing our talk today we're going to talk about preparing for the second coming of christ by elder christophel golden oh you know what i forgot i was going to give an Aaliyah update um uh, to uh to sort of kick things off here so um you know i think i've mentioned this before but when they first announced that you could speak every week to your missionary or you know that missionaries could speak to their family I was, I was, I gotta admit, I was a little curmudgeon about it. And I kind of said, you know, back in my day, um, yeah. we were focused. You know, we, we didn't need yeah. it. Exactly. Twice yeah. a year. And I didn't even want to talk on those days. I wanted to get out and work. Um, that's not true. Uh, so, <laughs> but as a parent, man, it's been joyful just to, to talk to her every week. And, I don't, you know, Aaliyah is such a driven, focused person that for her, it is not a distraction. And um, it's actually been harder for us knowing that at any time we could text her on Facebook Messenger and say, hey, this happened today. And so we've had to stay focused too and not not do that and, and try and distract her. And she, she won't respond if we do. And if something comes up, um, she will not respond. Um, there was a little overlap with her first week where where our timing was off and we sort of texted her like, Hey, what's going on? Are you alive? And she didn't respond. She's like, they can, you know, they're fine. They're fine. I'm going to keep the mission rules. So (laughs) they'll be okay. Yes. Um, so she was not a helicopter child, I guess you would call that (laughs) trying to, uh, ease our anxiety. So anyways, we spoke to her this week and she's just absolutely loving the MTC. She's having just an outpouring of the spirit. Um, and I mentioned that before on the podcast that she's loving it. That has continued. Um, and her Spanish is doing really, really well. She posted on Facebook um, a, it was probably three minute long video, all in Spanish of her testimony and what she was learning about the Savior. Um, so she, she's just really flourishing. Um, as I mentioned, she's driven and focused, but she's also a rule follower. And so uh, a stru- highly structured environment with lots of rules like the MTC where you get to sit around and learn something new and uh, feel the spirit. I mean, you could not design a better situation for Aaliyah. Um, so she's loving it. By the time this podcast is released, she will hopefully, presuming she doesn't unknowingly have COVID and get a positive test or something crazy like that, she will be in Arizona. She'll be back in the United States and she'll be in her actual mission field. Um, we said before she was serving like the preparatory part of her mission. We didn't want to say the she was about to serve the real part of her mission. So we tried to come up with different different terms for it. So she was in the preparatory part of her mission. Now she's in the um, um, proselyting part of her mission or whatever other word you want to use. So she's she's heading off to Arizona in a couple days here. And we're really looking forward to hearing how her transition goes and hearing about her 
you know, getting out and teaching people and being with, with people. So things are going great. Awesome. So um, with that, we'll move into our talk, uh, which again is preparing for the second coming of Christ by Elder Christopher Golden. I probably did not pronounce his first name right. Um, right? So I apologize for that. So let's start with Rivka today. Rivka, what was the fundamental doctrine of this talk? Well, the title for me sort of sums this up, the preparing for the second coming of Christ um, is what he's talking about. But I felt like, unlike some talks like this where it gives us like specific things we should be doing or... um, I don't know if this talk to me felt like a big hug from like a coach <laughs> right before you go out, you know, like, <laughs> like there's, there's some stuff that's going to happen. And sometimes people reject the gospel or the prophets. And sometimes they reject miracles that they see, but it's, it's going to be okay. And the spirit is here for us and we have a prophet leading us through it. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is wonderful. So <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that's what it felt like to me was like, not like so much a pep talk from a coach, but maybe like a hug from a coach when you feel like you're struggling or you got to go into something, you know, is difficult. I don't know. This is a sports analogy. If you've had an injury and you're just coming back, there's kind of that moment where it's like, okay, okay. Like things have been a little bumpy. They might be a little bumpy still, but we're going to go out and it's going to be great. Awesome. So the fundamental doctrine was a big hug. (laughs) That's what it was for me. Okay, great. Burke, um, did you get anything that was not as touchy-feely as a hug? Or or did you feel the big hug as well? I'm just going to quote from him. And it says, For those who have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to feel, more than ever before, we are required to confront the reality that we are getting ever closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ. True, great difficulties yet await those on the earth at his return. But in this regard, the faithful need not fear. Hug. Rivka threw that in at the end. I love it. So I feel like I said the same thing. I just used his words. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So let's, let's, if there's a hug as the, the foundation, what about that other part though? Um, you know, that there's great difficulties coming. That's not very hug and warm fuzzy. Uh, I think it is from someone who is honest and loves you. You know, okay. it's not like a, just ignore all of this stuff and everything's going to be fine. And we just will pretend it's not there. This is a, you know, this is that, I feel like this is that hug you need. Maybe it's the hug your mom and dad gives you when you're heading off on your mission or something like that, where it's like, there's, you know, an acknowledgement that it's going to be rough, but um, Yeah but one full of, of love and I don't know, an expression of confidence that you can weather the storm. Okay. I got it. So yeah, you tore your rotator cuff and this is the first time you've pitched that softball in six months and it might be hard as you get started, but it's going to be okay. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, for me, the fundamental doctrine here was um, follow the prophet and stay close to the scriptures, mm. um, or you know, 
listen to the scriptures. Um, so the reason those two things stuck out to me is number one, he, he talked about the prophet and importance of that, but he quoted so many scriptures and um, prophetic, you know, remarks here that it felt like 75% of his talk wasn't even his words. It was yeah. him quoting yeah. other people. Um, so that just really stood out to me. And uh, it, it emphasized to me um, essentially like we already know everything we need to know. Um, just, just keep staying close to those things and listening to the, the prophet and, and staying close to the scriptures. And I really like how he framed it here with the, um, um, the first paragraph, the quote from the scriptures here, tragically, most Nephites rejected those signs because it was quote, not reasonable that such a being as, as a Christ should come. And that's from Helaman 16, 18. And that phrase really struck me, not reasonable. How many times do we reject things because they seem not reasonable or, you know, that just doesn't make sense to me. Um, as if that is the ultimate sort of um, decision point for how we decide what's true and not true is, you know, it just doesn't make sense. Sometimes we, it doesn't make sense out of the gate and we have to wrestle and struggle and open our hearts to the spirit and be humble uh, because of course God has a greater understanding than us. He's a, a perfect being that is beyond um, us in so many ways that the gospel by its very nature of complexity and progress will challenge us outside of our, of who we are now. Um, and so if it, if we reach something in the gospel that we don't understand, or that doesn't seem reasonable to us, that should sort of um, trigger in us the intent to learn more and to grow instead of to reject, you know, the council. So um, that, that's what really stood out to me about the fundamental doctrine. So um, so Rivka, what other quotes stood stood out to you, either ones from him or ones that he himself quoted as you read through this talk? Um, a lot. I I really liked this statement from him. This is between oh gosh, there's a lot of setup for this. So he he gives a comparison. Please contrast for a moment the following two scriptures. The first from the Apostle Paul, speaking of the latter days, describing the ways of man. And the second from Alma the prophet, showing how God does his work among mankind. So the one he quotes from Paul says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And then he contrasts that with Alma, um, who says, now you may suppose that this is foolishness in me, but behold, I say unto you that by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. And small means in many instances doth confound the wise. 
And then he, and then Elder Golden says, "We live in a modern world where filled with great, no, uh, a modern world filled with great knowledge and much prowess. Nonetheless, these things too often camouflage the unsteady foundation upon which they are built. Consequently, they do not lead to real truth and on toward God and the power to receive revelation, acquire spiritual knowledge, and develop faith in Jesus Christ that leads to salvation." I loved that comparison and the um, wisdom that he gives in that. Keep your focus on the things of God and let the distractions, however loud or prominent or fancy or, you know, exciting those distractions may be, um, they, they will not, they cannot follow through with what they offer, but God does. Fantastic. So, um, keep focused on the gospel and that's where you find real truth. Yeah. And it's okay that they look small and simple and not as grand mm -hmm, as the, as what the world tries to promote. Not as flashy, more substance, less style. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. I love that one. Um, I, I had that highlighted as well. And, um, he did have a long setup to that, but I think the principle that he was was going for was was worth um, that contrast and that comparison. Yeah. So, Burke, uh, what other quotes stood out to you as you read through this one? Well, I'm kind of so Rivka. She feels the hug when she read this, <laughs> and 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 I feel the validation of the awfulness of being in the trenches. <laughs> okay, so um, especially. Uh, this quote, strange as it may seem, no teaching, no miracle, and no appearance, even of a heavenly angel as witnessed by Laman and Lemuel, appears to have the persuasive power to convince some individuals to alter their course, outlook, or belief that something is true. This is especially the case when teachings or miracles do not agree with an individual's preconceived whims, wishes, or ideas. Mm. And Amen. Yeah, for me, and this goes clear back to when I served my mission and how difficult I found it. Um, I have such a love and appreciation for the gospel that it's really hard for me to see other people not accept it or not embrace it, or maybe more relevantly to my experience in the last few years, um, leave it and then hate it. And it's painful to me. And sometimes I feel like in acknowledging that pain that I'm not being faithful enough or um, that I'm missing out on the joyous aspects of the gospel. And that might be true, but it's sometimes great to be validated um, and just to know that actually this this is really hard, that that seeing that happen is hard. and being unable to bring people back into the gospel or to have them share that joy with you that what feels like personal failure. Um, it's hard. Yeah, it's very hard. Uh, we had a state conference this weekend with Bishop Kelsey, the presiding Bishop of the church. And somebody asked him about, you know, what do we do when we invite and, we get rejected or somebody's not interested or, you know, we're trying our best and there appears to be no 
change in the outcome. And he said, and that at that point, we just have to be content with the invitation and not the outcome. Um, or maybe as you're talking here, Burke, you know, about acknowledging, may, maybe we're content with acknowledging um, other struggles um, without having to feel responsible for the choices they make as a result of those struggles. Uh, is that is that what you meant or is that where you're going with, with that thought? Yeah, I think so. I just, I like, because so much of, uh, how do I say this? I think so much of the motivational aspect of the gospel is accentuate the positive. And I agree with that. Um, but I think we also sometimes have to acknowledge the, the hard stuff so that yeah. when we're in that hard stuff, we know that, that it's okay to feel like it's hard. And this for me is repeatedly over the last few years, very difficult to realize that no matter how hard I try or no matter how good I am or how well I know the gospel, that just like Christ, I don't have the ability to change people's minds. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That is a really hard thing. Um, in my time, so I've been a bishop for just over three years, and in that time, three couples have have left the church, and um, that you know, I've, I've sat with them and talked with them, and and felt completely and utterly powerless to yeah. resolve any of their concerns or or help them to feel the spirit back in their lives, and um, yeah, and it's excruciating. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. It, it just it hurts a lot to not be able to help them to feel what, what I feel in my heart. And, and instead to know that the things that bring me joy, they look at and, and see only pain and sorrow. And, and, you know, ultimately that leads to them leaving the church. So that is definitely a struggle. And it's an inevitable part of the period of time that, that precedes the second coming. Yes. And I, Maybe I would even argue has been throughout the history of the church. I mean, um, sure. you know, the people who um, rejected Christ when he was here. Uh, I'm blanking on the scripture, uh, the exact quote, but you know, when um, when people left and the Savior said to to the the apostles, you know, will you leave me also? And yeah. and they said, you know, thou hast the words of eternal life. Where else would we go? And I'm sure I botched the wording there, but. Um, you know, even even the Savior, as you said, Burke, even the Savior couldn't convince um, people. We yeah. we have our agency. So, um, let's see here. I wanted to share um, a quote from the end here, where he says, um, uh, "Did we read this one from President Nelson about the gospel of repentance? I don't Not think we yet. did." Okay, that's the one I wanted to read. And then as soon as I looked at it, I thought, we, we talk about President Nelson a lot. Did we, did we read this already? No, I don't think we did. So he said, in the spirit, today's prophet of the Lord to the world, President Russell M. Nelson has given us this recent inspiring counsel. So he, you know, he prefaces this by saying, hey, let's listen to the prophet. And now he's going to say, here's what the prophet's saying. So listen. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of repentance. Because of the Savior's atonement, his gospel provides an invitation to keep changing, growing, and becoming more pure. It is a gospel of hope, of healing, and of progress. Thus, the gospel is a message of joy. 
Our spirits rejoice with every small step forward we take. And what a great summary of the gospel and of knowing that he didn't focus in on the signs of the times. He's talking here about the second coming, but he's not talking about the earthquakes and all the other terrible things. And um, and he's just telling us, hey, focus on following the prophet, living the gospel, and you're going to be okay. Just put one foot in front of the other, every small step forward every day, and and things will be okay for you. So um, I think now is a good time to move on to invitations and promises. So Rivka, did you find any invitations uh, in this talk? Yep. The last paragraph, he says, I conclude my remarks with a truly inspiring prophetic declaration from the prophet Joseph Smith, given near the end of his ministry as he looked forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Quote, shall we not go on in so great a cause? Go forward and not backward. Courage, brethren, and may I add sisters, and on, on to the victory. Let your hearts rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Close quote. Um. So I feel like that is a great invitation. Shall we not go on in so great a cause? Then go forward and take courage and let your hearts rejoice. I like the phrase, let your hearts rejoice, because I feel like joy is a natural and eternal state for us. And mortality beats that out of us a little. (laughs) <laughs> and, and our natural man kind of uh, our natural man is not a fan of that um you know and i appreciated burke's thoughts about the difficulties that come as we live the gospel in this mortal experience and and um the struggle that that can be and so i love the counsel to let your hearts rejoice sometimes to take a minute and let that divine eternal desire and part of you come through and and shine over the the bleakness that can sometimes sneak in reminds me of a warm hug a warm hug (laughs) just like olaf loves (laughs) that's right Look, I gotta, I gotta keep representing Aaliyah here with the Disney references. I'm going to do my best. So grateful. Yeah. Um, Burke, did you find any promises in the talk? Um, I actually had just highlighted what Rivka just, just said, but I wanted to add one thing to it as well in line with her hug. And that (laughs) is to remember that, and he says this earlier, many sacred experiences are rarely spoken of in part because of their divine origin and the resulting possibility of ridicule by some who do not know better. Or as I said it once to someone on an airplane I was talking about, I said, the reasons I believe what I believe is because I have proof. But the problem is I can't show you my proof. And Mm. with things that are most sacred to me, a lot of times I'm forbidden by the spirit to even talk about them, but they're real and I wish others could feel them the way I feel them because then they would not doubt. That's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. I, I forget that a lot. Um, that some of those sacred experiences, many of them, the, you know, are, are things that we don't, we don't discuss. And sometimes it's easy to just focus on what's right in front of us instead of, or the, the things that are most talked about instead of the things that are the most sacred. So, 
keeping in mind that if Christ really wanted to come to this earth and make it impossible for people to disregard his power, he could have done so and could still do so. But it's part of his plan that he doesn't. Yes. And he gave the example in this talk of Laman and Lemuel. It it didn't make a difference, right? Yeah. So that's not how conversion happens is, is um, having no other choice but to believe, um, you know, it, it has to be something that we choose for ourselves. So, yep. Well, um, I think, I think that's a good place to end and I appreciate your thoughts, both of you today and for your insights into this talk. The next talk that we're going to discuss is favored of the Lord in all my days by elder Moises Villanueva of the 70. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on social media at words of the prophets podcast at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook or words of the prophets podcast at gmail.com. And thanks to everybody who joined us today until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the spirit and you listen by the spirit, Some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.